0: What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Pazman, and you are listening to Part Four of Episode Twelve of VGM Generation. With me, as always, is Aaron Blauchuk oh. and returning yet again, Mr. Norm Garrett. Hello. Thanks again for uh, coming in, filling in for us, and uh, yeah. All month long, we've been talking about level one songs, and uh, I guess it will uh, give it to Norm to start us off this time. Norm, what do you got for us? Our All right.
1: On. So uh, my level one music is from a game called Act Razor that came out for the Super Nintendo 1990 in Japan and 1991 in North America. It was developed by a company called Quintet and published by Enix. Um, because it came out so early on the Super Nintendo, I, I felt this was kind of the first game that demonstrated to me the difference between 16 bit and 8 bit. Um, I, I know a lot of other people feel that way too. So,
2: just to, sorry, Norm, in to interrupt, just to satisfy my curiosity. So, this came out in 91 North America. When was the Super Nintendo launched? Do you know? Um, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot yeah, with hard yeah, questions. Yeah. Hard so questions. I think yeah. it
1: was November 90. Yeah. So this was like, this was early, early in the I, life cycle. I, th- I think so. Um, I'm, I'm not sure the exact date, but uh, as
0: far as my
1: relationship yeah. with the Super <laughs> Nintendo is concerned,
0: <laughs> okay. it's really on facts. 1991, uh, August. Uh, August. Uh, in North America. So okay. August
1: in 91. Oh, wow. So, so is the same was, year.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Year One. This was okay. practically a launch game.
1: So yeah it was launch
0: pre- window if you will yeah
1: <laughs> I think the first game I played well Super Mario World and uh, Final Fight and then this, oh, okay. this was probably one of the next games I played anyway um, so yeah the the graphics the sound especially which is why I picked it um, they, they kind of went for a very orchestral sound which was something that you could never really do without without samples like the Super Nintendo used right um so anyway just talk about quintet a bit because they're a, a pretty small developer i don't uh, even know if they exist anymore um a pretty musical name they picked too so yeah better good that's music true yeah than, that's a good point yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so one thing about all, the, all their games had really good music um and very unique identifiable music as well as the themes of their games always kind of revolved around life and death cycles and stuff like that <laughs> they were deep yeah well yeah. for the time for the absolutely time, yeah. yeah On a, deep, but they
2: had the extra eight bits to work with so you know yeah, they exactly. really could get that much
1: deeper exactly <laughs> we're so, going eight bits deeper <laughs> so yeah and if I may be so bold to recommend the uh, the quintet games on the Super Nintendo so there's Soul Blazer and uh, Illusion of Gaia which I think was published by Nintendo yeah and I think then I've uh, played that one yeah and Terra Enigma was the last which was that. never released in North America but was in Europe so there is an official English version of Terra Enigma. So Not anyway, awesome. just to plug their other games. <laughs> but ActRaiser was <laughs> was down. the first one I played for Super Nintendo. Uh so the composer was Yuzo Koshiro um and from my research I guess he's more known for his FM synthesis mastery. Uh, he did a lot of popular games on the Genesis. Uh Streets of Rage is is a pretty Mm well-known one and revenge of shinobi oh yeah yeah. i love revenge of shinobi yeah and those games have great music yeah i think someone i think it was one up uh coined him the king of fm synthesis so he kind of raised the bar on what people expect from from 16-bit sound and i i just from my experience with the act razor it's same deal here so in light of that, I need to remember him just so maybe I can bring him up for Revenge of Shinobi at some point. Yeah. 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 Feature that in a future Pencil podcast. In. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, really talented guy. I looked into his, like, he does a lot of uh, uh, non-game music stuff as well. So yeah, uh, good music and ActRazor. Um So I only, I've uh, only played Razor as recently as maybe
2: an hour and a half ago. for the first time and i I can back that up the music is really good it's sort of the standout thing in there for sure and i I can't remember it was like in act two of act of the first part of act razor where i really noticed some of the sampled music sounded really good Mm -hmm. i can't remember exactly what it was it was always like
1: chimes or some some sort of marimba kind of yeah reading about it i guess he one of the things he did with this game that hadn't been done yet i mean it was still Really early in the Super Nintendo cycle, but he was the first one. He, he wrote a way to swap samples out of out of the ROM into the sound bank so, so it could so, keep loading in new samples. Exactly. So he's using, using the same bank. I think, yeah, huh. 64 kilobits or kilobytes or something was the limit, but he was able to exceed that limit by uh, a bit of programming uh, know how. So, oh, that's cool. He he was that's a really wizard. cool. I, <laughs>
2: <an> FM wizard.
1: <laughs> yeah, the wizard. And that sounds awesome. Yeah, so uh, the track I picked is uh, well, I picked
2: the game <laughs> level picked the track one. For you me better not because any one.
1: others. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's called Fillmore Act One. Uh, I should just say before we get into this, what what made Actraiser neat was um, it was a platformer, a lot like Castlevania. Um, the music is actually a lot like Castlevania as well. It's kind of got church organs with bass guitar and rock drums, so uh, <laughs> it works for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and you would go through a cycle. The first stage would be that action platforming. And then the second act, I guess, of, of that stage would be more of a Sim City world building kind of thing. And you would, you basically, you played the role of God and you would, so the first stage is you would cleanse the land of the evil. <laughs> and the second stage, you would build your population of, of worshipers and uh, protect them. <laughs> Except not all the evils out of there yet, because they kept coming and stealing my villagers. Yes, there are monster layers that you have to contend with. So anyway... um, I was a bad god. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty bad.
0: Reminds me of that episode of uh, Futurama with
2: Bender. (laughs) You know what? It's funny, because having now played ActRaiser, it did kind of feel like that when I was playing it. Because they're constantly... There's this thing thing that happens where it says... I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it basically says, this is really unusual, but they want to say something to you or something to that effect. Oh, wow. But that happens like 10 times a minute. It's like, (laughs) this is a surprise that came out of nowhere, but they want to talk to you. And then you go to this little altar and like, I guess a priest tells you what their desires are. So, and when that was happening, I absolutely thought of that episode of Futurama
1: (laughs) where they kept coming and uh, asking him for things.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the track... Uh, Fillmore Act 1, um, I, I did take the liberty because I have I know you guys have done it a couple times where you've included the intro. So for Mega Man, I think you guys included the intro, yeah. Diddy. I did the same thing for this. Okay, perfect. When you enter the level, you're kind of, at, since you're God, you view straight kind of down, down from kind of, heaven and yeah. it kind of zooms in with this Mode 7 effect and the music mm-hmm. was always, made me feel like a badass before <laughs> I went, went down to... To cleanse like the land, you
2: were actually descending from on high.
1: It gave oh, yeah. a feeling of that. I would yeah. get right up to the
2: TV and <laughs> experience the Mode <laughs> Seven, which that's it's just it. it's like you know. You talked about the difference between eight-bit and sixteen-bit. It's like you could not do something like that effectively on 8 8- eight-bit. So no. to actually yeah. have it start from a high vantage and zoom all the way down was super
1: cool. Novel, yeah, it was awesome.
0: <laughs> all right, so uh,
1: Fillmore Act One, Act Razor. So, with the Super Nintendo, a lot of games were uh, washed of their religious overtones. Yeah. Crosses removed and things like Yeah. Crosses removed or Bibles removed yeah. or even
0: like uh, quotes in the games changed yeah. because they were like straight Bible quotes and stuff like mm-hmm. that.
1: Or yeah. even in Final Fantasy, I think the the spell holy is like always the strongest white magic spell, but they changed it to white yeah. instead <laughs> of holy for one game and pearl instead of holy for another game. and
0: Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's, but, it's odd that this one kind of like slipped through the cracks, right? Well, it's, I, I think
1: this one did get washed a bit, but oh, you just, it? you can't avoid the, the religious no. overtones well, in yeah, this one. You're, you're the, based, you're God, you're the master. <laughs> yeah, they call you God. master,
2: but your sort of envoy on earth is called angel, who is essentially Cupid, yep. like a little angel flies
1: around with wings, shoots a bow and arrow. So yep.
0: it's, I didn't get like a copyright strike from <laughs> pit or whatever.
1: <laughs> and the last boss was just Satan in the the mm-hmm. japanese version but it's like tanzra or something <laughs> oh, this version. Name. yeah <laughs> one
2: thing that's actually really interesting too it's just about an anagram <laughs> each level and the way it starts is that you sort of send down the holy power of god to fight the monsters and it inhabits a statue there'll be like a statue standing there and it'll enter that statue who will then go through the level fight off all the monsters and when it defeats the boss the power leaves it and it becomes a statue again so it's
0: it wasn't there a mechanic like that for Zelda in Spirit Tracks, where she could like take over the armor? Yeah, but it was stupider in Spirit Tracks. As most things in Spirit Tra- <laughs> I Tracks. I just swear. It just reminded me of that <laughs> yeah. when you said that.
2: Yes, there was a there was a statue inhabiting mechanic in yeah. Spirit Tracks, but but
0: uh, I always like that in games. Actually, when you can like take over things, it's always fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's like oh now I get to be like a giant tank guy and just, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that reminds me. Wasn't there a game that was looking really
2: interesting? What was it called? Knack. Uh, not Knack. It was uh, for the Xbox. It was being done by... Uh, oh, um... By Retro, I think?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, That game came out in like... It came out in very little fanfare. Exactly, which was weird because oh. it looked Re-core. really cool. ReCore, yeah. Yeah, that was the one, yeah. What? Yeah, that... Yeah, it looked just... that's It looked like that was the main mechanic of it, but yeah, that game came out and kind of did nothing. It yeah. totally fizzled. I remember watching the trailer for that and thinking, wow, awesome. And that then, was dude. the Mega Man guy again. I, oh, I I can never remember his name. The uh, The... Top Mega Man developer. What's his name? Kenji Inafune. Yeah. Yeah. I just threw that name out of the... I era. think it's I think it's in. I don't know. That makes sense. He, he yeah, was on it, though. Well, it was his game. Like it was his, okay. it was his like kind of brainchild and it, you know, because and because people were talking about how he kind of had two duds in a row with uh, Mighty <laughs> Mighty and then ReCore and like uh, people are saying like he needs to like step back and like he's obviously trying to do too much. Mm. And spreading himself too thin, he just needs to step back and like focus on a single project. Mm. Because like Mighty was delayed and delayed and delayed, and then came out and nobody liked it. And then Recore kind of was announced, came out, and nothing happened. So mm. yeah, and yeah, he's he's, a, he's had a rough patch for sure.
1: I heard that Recore is really impressive for a very very short period of time, and then it just falls off. Oh really? Is, is that one? Okay. Okay. Apparently, it, like, I heard from people who played it that. It has a ton of potential. It just never realizes it. Oh, that's
0: so, too bad. Yeah, which was sort of the same story with Mighty, right? Yeah, was that like because they they released that little um? I actually played the little 3DS game that they released for Mighty Number no. Nine. I can't Gunstar Heroes. I want to say Is that right? What? No, that's Gunstar not Gunstar right.
2: Heroes. Is an old like
0: Genesis. game. No, no, no. What was it called? Anyway, it was basically they had some of the characters from Mighty Number no. Nine, and they just did little like like a. Uh, 16-bit side-scroller hmm. on uh, 3DS, and it was only like, it was like six levels or something, and it but it was really good. It was a lot of fun, and everyone was like, yeah, this is better than the actual game, so.
2: <laughs> so their throwaway project.
0: Yeah, it was kind of their just like, I think it was just like, let's make this quick, put it out, and like get a, l- a little extra revenue from it, hmm. was the idea, like to help support game development, and uh, yeah, it was really good, and, uh, and apparently better. I never played Mighty, so, because <laughs> it just had terrible reviews. <laughs> yeah. You, you, did you play it? I didn't play it. Okay. Same, 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 same reason. Same reason. You know? But you're a it's big Mega Man guy. Yeah, That's you're why the I asked. Biggest ask. Mega
1: Man fan yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh,
2: Aaron, you want to go next? All right, all right. I'm. Uh... Well, I was gonna say I was talking about a 3ds game, but I'm not. I'm talking about uh, a game that came out for a lot of different things. This is a game that came out in 2014, and it was the result of a very, very successful Kickstarter campaign.
0: I wonder, is that the most recent game we've ever had? 2014. It might Probably. be. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But usually this go is back also a game <laughs> that we've mentioned before. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: And the game is Shovel Knight. And uh the thing about Shovel Knight is that I was I like I remember when this was first coming up as a Kickstarter game, yeah. and I was super excited. I was looking at it and I'm like, this looks like Zelda 2 and DuckTales had a baby. And yeah. And and, and, and Mega Man and, and Castlevania. They yeah. they looked at like because in both Zelda 2 and um DuckTales, there's a move called that like, well, it's called the pogo move in DuckTales. And in yeah. Zelda 2, it's a downward thrust. And it's basically like a jump and then downward sort of stab and bounce kind of move. And that's, as far as I was concerned and am concerned, that is like the greatest move ever in any video game. <laughs> they looked at that move and said, let's build a game just around this concept. And it's, it's awesome. They, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, they we it. love Shovel Knight. Yeah. I've bought it. So I was one of the early Kickstarter backers on that. And so I like to think I'm a producer of this game. <laughs> <laughs> so this
0: game was produced by Aaron Blauchek. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the, one of many producers. Actually, yeah. it's funny, too, Millions, is that I assume.
2: In the, uh, there actually is a hidden area in the game where you can go and if you, I think you pledged enough in the Kickstarter campaign, okay. you actually have a pixel version of yourself in there. Oh, wow. As, in like, that it's must like have been a pretty gallery. high. Yeah. It's like an art gallery and it's all the walls are like you go in these it's this haunted art gallery and, and once you clear out the ghosts, the lights come on and it reveals these pixel portraits. Of, oh, that's of awesome. These backers. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. I don't actually funny thing is I don't remember playing that in the PC version of the game, which was the first I got. Mm-hmm. But later on I bought the three DS version of the game again, because one, like it looks awesome on the three DS. Like any like with with the pixels actually being so that small being designed for that screen looks great. Yeah. The 3d component of it is really cool. I love when they take a 2d game and they layer it up into 3d. So it looks like that. You get levels on it where it's like raining in the background and you've got all like the foreground and the background yeah. mm-hmm. elements like scrolling against that each is other. one of
0: like the better uses of the 3d on the 3ds mm-hmm. is just to do those side scrolling games, but you have depth into the background, yeah. right? You're like, you can see through the windows and like back into the trees <laughs> or something. It's cool.
2: But the main reason I actually rebought this game on the 3ds was because of the instruction manual that came with it. Like it, one of the very few games that came with an instruction manual and it was like classic old school NES instruction manual. Oh, that's cool. With great drawings, like something you'd get in a Zelda game, like cartoony style drawings of the characters showing moves, little um, profiles of the characters, explanations of the items. This manual was awesome and I absolutely would buy it again just for that manual. Did any of the other versions... Come with the manual? I I don't, I actually don't 100% know.
0: I, I might be, because most of the other ones were download only, right? Yeah, and I, I want to was... say it got a, re, a limited retail release on PlayStation as well, because I know they do that from time to time on PlayStation. They'll take like a really popular like indie game and they're like, we're going to do 10,000 of these. Yeah. And like, they go like immediately. Well, People any, snap them up. Any other physical release probably
2: got the manual. Yeah. But, you know, that was the thing is I think it was largely distributed just digitally, but yeah. Having the physical copy and having that manual—that's that, cool. That's, that's really cool to me, <laughs> and also one of my, my like because I have a a fairly good uh, amiibo collection as well as I'm uh, Shovel Knight. Yeah, amiibo is one of my favorites in the collection.
0: Now, speaking of Shovel Knight, just because we're on the topic, it's going to have some new DLC on the Switch, is what I heard. Like, not it's not exclusive to the Switch, yeah, the DLC, well, I mean, but it is going to hit the Switch, he, and there's going to be new DLC. Here's another thing that uh,
2: that the developer Yacht Club Games did right with Shovel Knight is that. They, cause they hit all of their goals and they hit all their stretch goals and all of their tiers, which there's a whole bunch of like extra stuff that this keeps releasing for it for free essentially. Oh, so they already, the stretch stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they already released um, a whole new DLC campaign called uh, Plague of Shadows, where you play as Plague Knight yeah. in this sort of like simultaneous quest. I, I think it happens right before the events of Shovel Knight or simultaneously with the events of Shovel Knight and it's really good like it you play the same levels but because uh, plague knight's move set is so uh different that you it, it's it's like a whole new game yeah it's just awesome and there's a, the new DLC coming out where you play as specter knight right so there's a whole a whole new challenge coming out as well and there's a whole bunch of other stuff like uh like gender swap modes oh. and <laughs> where you play as like uh like you play as a female shovel knight and there's a male <laughs> sh- um shield knight that kind of stuff. So, oh cool. There's it, there's constantly new stuff coming out. Was what?
0: that was Plague Knight free? The Plague Knight will be free,
2: yeah, as well. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's if you crazy. own Shovel Knight, you get um Plague Knight, you get Specter Knight. All of that stuff is free. Oh wow, that's awesome. I thought it was paid BL- DLC, but no, it's just free no, DLC. None of it is paid DLC. if you bought the game, you get all you that get it. stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Did you play is,
0: Shovel Knight as well?
1: Yeah, I have it for the Wii U. Okay. So, yeah, yeah was,
0: people like that version as well, just because of the amiibo support and stuff like that, because it yeah. unlocked what multiplayer, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: It, which I've never actually played the multiplayer on Shovel Knight. I'd really like to see if that's any good. The only multiplayer to go over in
0: Norm's house, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll bring my amiibo. You probably have that amiibo I, too. I never did get the oh, amiibo. You don't. Oh, really? No. Uh, unfortunately, it's <laughs> out there. I've actually seen it recently. Toys R Us. I heard. Uh, yeah, I heard it's. It's around, so if I ever see it, I'll grab it. But the
2: 3DS version actually had a multiplayer mode as well, but it was the most ridiculous multiplayer mode ever where you go into this like battle arena and you just do moves. Like (laughs) jump around, you jump around and you throw axes and you throw anchors (laughs) and you do stuff. And then what happens is you leave after recording yourself jumping around doing moves and other people come through street pass and they go into there and they fight against your ghost, essentially of like you just doing random
3: stuff. That's hilarious. That's So awesome. it's basically
2: it's, ba- and they don't really fight against it because what they do is they record stuff too. And then you see playbacks to see if anything happened at all. Yeah. And you'll get like nine times out of 10, you don't even come near each other. Oh really? It's like one person's bouncing off in of one corner. One person's bouncing off of the other <laughs> corner and it's totally random because you have no strategy on it. But actually because uh, uh, me and Jordan He has it as well. And so we were sort of playing back and forth, recording our little things. But my favorite victory in that was, because you kind of have to guess what somebody might do as they're playing the level. Yeah. And I actually jumped around, got up on a platform, pulled out the fishing rod, which has like an anchor hook on the end. And I like tossed the fishing rod over the Mm -hmm. edge, which went straight down and actually killed him with that move. (laughs) And which is like the dumbest move. That's like the bubble (laughs) gun of. uh, That's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> That's fantastic. But talk, tell, tell us about the music. So the music again. This is by a composer we've featured many, many times. This is uh, Jake Kaufman, Vert of uh, who does a lot of stuff with, of course, Way Forward, yeah. uh, the Shantae series, and all of that kind of jazz. And he did the music for Ducktales remastered, which we've talked about, and of course Shovel Knight. And Shovel Knight has a great soundtrack across the board. Like it is really, really good. Of course, this is level one music. So this is the introduction level music when you after you start the game you go to sort of um, a first level which is kind of like a training level tutorial level tutorial level yeah. where it throws the first enemies at you you kind of learn your moves it puts them in such a, it's one of the, and it's one of those great design levels that sort of throws things at you in a way that kind of forces you to learn the game teaches you the game as you kind of play the game and that's it does always, a really good that's job always at, really good so this level is called the planes of passage so the song is planes of passage from uh, shovel knight Is also a remix of the title theme, essentially.
1: Yeah, this is the best one in the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> the best. If song? You ask me. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I love the nice. t- I love the theme track, and this is just a great high energy remix of the theme.
1: Yeah, I, I've had this on repeat for hours at work, <laughs> and just not even <laughs> noticed it. But like, <laughs> your coworkers like, but, but like rocking out oh, the whole time. Music. Oh, they can
0: hear this. <laughs> stuff really? I
1: listen to f- for
0: sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's also, I, I thought you, I thought I was joking. Well, you were, I thought you were gonna be like, oh no, I wear headphones. <laughs> You're like, "No, I'm blasting it on 20 20-foot <laughs> 20 tall
1: monitors." <laughs> well, you work harder, faster and better while the song's playing. Uh, right? Definitely this yeah. one and then the Ace Attorney like the, the <laughs> yeah. tense cross-examination yeah. themes. Dun,
2: dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that stuff <laughs> makes
1: me work so efficiently. Like when it, when the
0: crunch is on. This is the stuff that it's like dangerous to drive to, though. Oh right? yeah, because you automatically driving, you're like oh, press yeah, down let's on go the <laughs> They've proven that actually like that, like um, radio DJs can like affect the flow of traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, like on like really popular stations, if they start to play upbeat music. Traffic will actually flow faster because everyone starts <laughs> to speed up. That's, That's like Lucio
1: funny. in uh, yeah. Overwatch.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: But I've uh, I've also heard some very well done remixes of this song as well. Yeah. Floating around. Well, that. this is a popular
1: one to remix. Th- so. It's
0: It's like perfect remix fodder, yeah. right? It's got that like big upbeat energy good, that yeah. everybody
1: loves. It's got a good steady beat. Yeah, Vert, Vert just has that style on on lockdown. Like, yeah, he's, <laughs> it's le- kind of he's a signature legendary, thing, right? Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I was listening because uh, on our Twitter account we t- tweeted out uh, about a cover of yeah. Jake Kaufman's uh, "We Love Burning Town," which was actually featured, I believe, on episode two or three of VGMG. Yeah, I I did that for my mobile game, best mobile game.
0: Yes, was "We Love Burning Town," and yeah.
2: it's a fantastic cover. So, if you're following us on Twitter, check out that cover.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's done by uh, a guy called Gabe Ocarina ninety six. He's uh I featured him on it's his our given birth name. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh I, I think it's I think it's just his name Ocarina because of Ocarina of Time in the year he was born. <laughs> well he has a lot of Zelda posters on the wall always, behind him yeah. in his uh yeah. yeah. I'm I'm always I've I've been wondering if he's gonna get that giant Majora's mask, but um <laughs> Yeah, he, I featured him on our uh covers and remixes episode, and he's uh just this young kid from somewhere in Quebec. And, uh, fantastically talented, like mm-hmm. playing all the parts, like doing his own arrangements. And then like on Patreon, if you, uh, I think if you support him at a high enough level, he'll actually give you like his tablature of the pieces he does. So if you want to play him at home and stuff like that, hmm. awesome. Hmm. Wonder if he does a Shovel Knight. I think he has Check done one out. Shovel Knight song, actually. Check that out. Yeah. Anything else?
2: Anything Any other else? Details? No, my only note on this whole thing is just that I find I like this game. game. No, it doesn't say I like this <laughs> game. It says I funded this game. Oh, I'm a producer go. is what what my note says. So, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's
0: my note. Are you going to rebuy it on the Switch, do you think?
2: Well, you know, for I, on the go goodness? I I kind of I kind of do want to just because again, I have it for the PC and this is not even though it runs fine on the PC, this is not a PC game. Yeah. This is a love letter it feels like a mobile to a console. Game, right? yeah. Well, this is a this is an NES game yeah. in, you know, in essence. Yeah. Thing is is that I know we were even talking about this like right before the podcast is that Shovel Knight is so well designed that it stands toe to toe with the best platformers on the NES. Like yeah. and that's quite a legacy. Like Shovel Knight is already a classic and it is as good as some of the best platformers to ever appear on the Nintendo Entertainment System.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh one of my my uh the internet people I follow all the time called Moriarty who's like super hardcore Mega Man like like historian almost like goes through Knows in a fune personally and like you know was so pumped for Mighty Number no. Nine which we mentioned earlier and then let down but um he yeah he constantly brings this game up and he's like this is probably one of like because he loves like classic platformers yeah. so much he's like this is probably one of the best games to come out in the last ten years period yeah. never mind. Platformers, never mind the classic, never mind anything else. He's just like, this is just such a perfect
2: game. Yeah, this is a template for like, you're an independent studio. This is this is doing your, it right. This is what this your is first game should be. Yeah, the love and the care and the respect
0: and it's just so the crazy, quality right? into a, a game. And there's for a new developer to come out and just hit like a, like three homers in a row on their yeah. first up at bat, right? And it's all the free DLC
2: and all the exclusive stuff. I think like on the PlayStation version of this, you, there was like you got to fight uh, Kratos.
0: Was, uh, oh, really? was an exclusive boss <laughs> that's in awesome. this. Yeah, Really? Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. I got to play that version. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and the amiibo actually thing that we talked about earlier, but like, that's kind of bizarre, right? Like to get an amiibo from...
2: Like third party. This is not, not just, related not to just Nintendo franchise party,
0: but an indie developer, yeah. essentially.
2: Like Yacht Club Games only was founded to make Shovel Knight. Yeah. Like that's their only yeah. shtick. And they got not just physical releases of their games on almost every system, but an amiibo. Like that wasn't and when when they first announced the amiibo, I thought, oh, this is a special order. I'm gonna have to do it from the yacht club mm. website. Everybody it's gonna it was be limited edition. First. Well, that's the thing, yeah, yeah. Like totally fake. And I thought it's gonna be like if they even make this, it's gonna be so limited edition, you'll never get your hands on it. And it's everywhere. Yeah. Which is awesome. I just like the love for Shovel Knight. It warms my
0: heart. It really does. <laughs> it burns eternal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember when the Amiibo was announced, it was shortly, I think it was last year, shortly before the last wave of uh, Smash Bros. Wii yeah. U. And yeah. everyone was like, oh man, Shovel Knight's so going to be one of these characters, the announce. I know and then, everyone thought. Yeah. And then we got uh,
0: Ryu, Corin. And um, yeah, we got more Bayonetta.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, from the vote. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone thought that vote was like totally fudged too because like all the characters were like, well, and it like it was kind of their fault because they opened it up and they were like, anyone can type something in. Yeah. And like we'll consider it. And I think Goku won. Which sucks. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I did a write-in
2: vote for uh, Shantae, just for the record. Oh, did you? I voted good. for Shantae would have been a good character. Yeah, that's and I like know, Shovel Knight
0: wait, or Shantae, like those are perfectly yeah. Smash Bros. compatible characters. And I
2: think WayForward was actually had a big like push. They were trying oh, to get they?
0: their fans to <laughs> to
2: do Shantae. Mm, and I also wanted Bald Bull as well. You know, needs to more punch
1: out love. Yeah, I think I did Toon Zelda, but that's just because. <laughs> yeah. We cause got a great amiibo of her anyway, though.
0: Yeah, now we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, well, I guess we'll go on to me. So for my pick uh for this week, I pulled from the game Toe Jam and Earl in Panic on Funkatron. Great title. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic title. And, is that uh, as
2: good as Skater Die 2 The Search for
0: Double Trouble, though? I think it is. It is I pretty good. I think it good.
2: is as good. I like um, Funkatron.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh and so this is uh, of course, level one uh called the Funky Forest. Um it was developed by a company, obviously. Named after a man, John Vorsanger Productions, uh, was the company that developed ToeJam & Earl, published by Sega, in 93. And the music is by, easy to pronounce, John Baker.
1: Wow! I love a good, <laughs> yeah. love a good easy to pronounce you didn't name have to call anybody defin- to know,
0: like, get the pronunciation Not of that. at all. So, Johan uh, Baker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, uh, if you've played, uh, if you haven't played ToeJam & Earl, so this is the sequel um, to the original game. And uh, we'll get into it in a bit, but um, so in the first game, Toadjam and Earl crash land on Earth and have to escape. That's the whole like plot of the first game. and um, Funky times ensue. So. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in the second game, they come back to planet Funkatron, where they're from, and they realize that a bunch of Earthlings uh, stowed away on their ship and now have invaded the planet. So the plot of this game is that you need to go around and uh, <laughs> your mm. character throws jars and basically you hit the humans with like enough jars and it depends on like the strength of the human so there's like the first few levels it starts out as like this little kid in this that a little kid that throws tomatoes at you for some reason and uh, a little girl that kicks you in the shins earth. and uh, they only take like 3 jars but then like later yeah yeah for some reason you got endless supply of tomatoes um in later uh things, you get into like construction workers and like, and they take more jars. And a then, lot of <laughs>
2: characters came from from Earth.
0: Yeah, ex- yeah, all sorts of. There's a guy with like a tourist guy with a camera. It's it's what very strange. What the hell's strange. in the jars? <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. It's you're throwing glass jars, and then the humans like shrink and go into the jar. Oh, that makes sense. So you're yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. You're jarring they're humans. like pokeballs, but they're <laughs> pretty much
2: yes. <yeah. laughs> this this <laughs> is actually
0: Pokemon was inspired by Toe Jam and Earl. Panic on but um yeah so anyway they're they're the the problem with the humans is that they're like they're all the aliens are scared of them and they're even scaring away the source of all funk Lamont the funk <laughs> to another dimension so they f- told you I'm and I have to clean up the mess and send all the earth things back to earth so basically you're running around throwing these jars at guys then you like it's funny because at the end of the level they're like you've caught all the you've caught all the humans and then they're like go to the ship so you go to the ship and you just have like this little like uh like burlap bag of, mm-hmm. with the things and you like toss it, you just like carelessly toss it into the ship, and then it just the thing folds up and it just says to earth and <laughs> it flies off. So um so, so yeah, is that's that the end of the game? You just no and like you spoilers? Th- okay. You're doing a bunch of levels that way. So oh okay. you're just so that's happily clearing out of, uh, all the uh, end of every level. End of every level, yeah. So it's Great. it's hilarious. Um so to get more into this game, so this game is a side scrolling platformer. Um, It had a bunch of different kind of unique touches to it. You could, um, you had like this radar that would like paint the level in like a different color and you could see where like good and bad items and humans were hidden along the level. Um, You can go through these like doors and then you go into these kind of like really fast paced side scrolling levels where you have to pick up. um, (laughs) It's funny. All the like good things are just like, like presents. They look like birthday, wrapped birthday Mm -hmm. presents. So you have to like pick up presents but then uh avoid um obstacles and like as fat like one button just like warps you past stuff and then the other stuff you just run into and it it becomes almost like a sonic thing it's like how long can you go without getting hit mm-hmm. um there's uh there's special power ups where there's one that's just called like freak out and you just run around like spewing jars out all <laughs> over the place and then there's one that's the vacuum so if there's a bunch of enemies you just like press it and they all get sucked into jars but you only get like 5 you can carry like max of 5 of those at a time um so it's a really unique kind of side-scrolling platformer. It's
2: a game that has like a lot of weird cartoon sort of uh character exactly.
0: to it. Exactly. And very it,
2: like Earthworm Gym
0: Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it reminded me a lot of Earthworm Gym. And actually, um, I have to bring this up because I brought it up last time, which it was like the way Earthworm Gym, you like jump up and like kind of fall down in the way that was animated. Um, it's very similar in this game. There's like these spongy like funguses that you can bounce off of and the way the guys jump it feels very much the same but you can do like flips in the air Hmm. and you just look awesome the flips don't (laughs) serve any purpose but to look cool um so but the biggest thing about this is about the second game is that it was totally different than the first game the first game uh was a copy of a game called rogue which is where the term roguelike comes from where it was a procedurally generated top-down um like multi-tiered game where you would kind of like walk off the edge of a level and drop down to a different level. Which and,
2: fits in perfectly with cartoon characters named Toe Jam and Earl who love funk. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was actually a much-loved game and uh, when the sequel came out being a totally different style of game, um, people were kind of taken aback. And uh, But all the people who had played this game and not played the first were all like, this is still a really good platformer. And, and I think um like in the first game you can barely see the characters they're just kind of avatars whereas in the second game you know they became much more animated they're really big sprites on the on the screen they look great um yeah so that's that's basically the story uh the music as the name which is the best, is super funky like
2: maybe the funkiest <laughs> if this you're might having an adventure record. on a planet called Funkatron, yeah it had better be funky
0: <laughs> and the level one uh music is actually kind of like a, a remix of a uh, of the level one of the first game, but just with like some added instrumentation and it sounds awesome. So let's have a listen and uh, we'll talk about some more fun stuff after we listen.
2: funny because the the all like all the references to funk and it's got like funky guitar and all that kind of stuff. But weren't Toe Jam and Earl like hip hop characters? Didn't uh, they like dress yeah, like hip hop characters? Sort of,
0: yeah, because the That's not funky. <laughs> Toe Jam's yeah. got like a big gold like yeah, chain. Like, he's he's basically flavor flav. <laughs> <laughs> With four four legs. Yeah. Yeah. How would you
1: how would you describe them if you had to? Well <laughs> I, one like Kid I don't have player. any reference material. I don't quite remember what they look like because they're so Amorphous, yeah. One, one, I always get like a snail thought in my head when I think of them. <laughs> yeah, one of toe, them looks like, like a jam's
0: snail. kind of snail, like if you will. <laughs> yeah. uh, or I don't know. You could be referring to Earl as well because he's kind <laughs> of like he's like a super like fat orange guy, and he's got kind of like the the head where it like it's like a ghost head almost, where it, like just goes up yeah. into like little antennae. Yeah. And he's like, so he's kind of like the like you say like the hip hop. He'd be like the big backup like Biggie Smalls mm-hmm. kind of style mm-hmm. character, and then you've got like the little you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, who's that one guy? I'm I'm not, I'm not good on R&B references, <laughs> but yeah, but just the big gold chains. Well, and- I mean, the big thing for me is they
2: kind of like, they had that sort of like classic 90s hip hop style kind of thing where it's yeah. like the baggy pants and like the backwards ball cap and the gold chains. Yeah, and- actually, I
0: have to bring up, uh, this is my last note, which I was, but I have to bring this up now because it just fits in perfectly is that um, Business Week wrote when this game came out, the quote, the like headline quote of the uh, review was, take a nose with the kids find cool (laughs) which I just thought when I was doing my research I was like that's hilarious Um, so I wonder if that was like a
1: kind of a slight almost <laughs> maybe. Know, like, it, it, it might have like, been, been, <laughs> been out of context it's, it's only there right? if, you're, if you know to pick it up yeah exactly yep. they know what the kids <laughs> find
2: cool and <laughs> well, what the kids aw- find cool <laughs> <laughs> back in the day I was aware of ToeJam & Earl I think just from like game magazines and stuff like that and I'm trying to remember if I thought they
1: were cool at the time but I think it was yeah I wonder if it was more like if you didn't have the backwards hat and stuff you were just dismissed but, <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that the gold chain and the sunglasses and the backwards ball cap was how you got under the radar kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of.
0: Um, so, uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up about, uh, this game and, uh, the first game is co-op was a big, uh, feature of each. Um, in the in the platformer you can go you can play co-op and you kind of like you try and sync up moves and it's just a lot of fun to play co-op and like jar humans with a friend it's just Mm. it's a good time is it is it similar to donkey kong country in the way it played co-op no not that it's like swap it's actually simultaneous co-op so you you're both it's more similar to like the the new super mario bros games where you're everybody's playing at the same time and then uh yeah if you like run off the screen you kind of like there's one follow the leader kind of thing. And then if one guy warps forward, then the other guy can just press start and catches up to him. You can share lives and stuff like that. Right? Up
2: Mar- Mario style. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't think they had the bubble <laughs> up mechanic, but yeah, similar. Uh, and then, um, uh, but the first one, the really cool thing was uh, in the roguelike. Um, it was, I think it's, it's probably the first instance of this, but basically you would both play on the same screen. You would start out on the same screen. And if you walked away from each other, the screen would automatically split into like top and bottom screens. And then when you came back, it would rejoin. And that's like, gotta be the best way. I, uh, uh, me and Aaron were talking a while ago that the uh, some of the Lego games do this and they do it like seamlessly. And um, on the Lego games, it's really cool because it actually, the line is not defined. The line will twist and yeah. spin. And, um, but on this game, it just, it split top and bottom. Like there's a little freeze, you split and then you can come back together.
2: Yeah. That's one thing that sort of, I, just on that, because we mentioned Mario as well, that kind of drives me crazy is that in the new newer Nintendo co-op Mario games. You're all on the same screen. If somebody gets left behind, they go into a bubble, right? Yep. And that's the way it works. And, and uh, like some of them, especially Super Mario Brothers, uh, New Super Mario Brothers 2 on the 3DS is (laughs) like your sprite, your character is so big in the screen that people, the other player gets left behind constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. It's it's uh, really tough to play. And all of that kills me because I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but normal note I'm talking about is that a while back there was a fan-made game called Super Mario Brothers X.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that
2: game had um four-player, multi- simultaneous multiplayer in it. And it also had the mechanic yeah. where if one person goes off the screen, the screen splits. Yeah. So the screen is constantly like splitting and rejoining yeah. and it had like a battle mode and you could also play any level also co-op. Yeah. And that game was basically the Mario Maker would have, should have, could have been yeah. essentially like Mario Maker. Don't get me wrong, is a great game, mm-hmm. but this was Mario Maker before Mario Maker existed. In it, you made your own levels. You had assets from like everything. You had Zelda, Metroid, and Mario assets. The Mario assets were from like every game, so you could have ev- even like pulling up vegetables from the ground, Mario Two style, and you could make like signage. It was it was. They took all the best parts of every Mario game from the original through to World
0: and, and mashed put them it together. In a, in a yeah, game. yeah.
1: I spent. Probably a couple hundred hours in that, and then that was before Mario Maker, right? So it was the first chance I ever had to do that kind of thing. Um, the guy who made it, do you know what happened to him? I I
2: do, but I've forgotten. He he went, he went on, on to... to make Terraria. Yes, Terraria. Oh That's no, right. yeah, no yeah. wait, yeah. really? Yeah, he's oh, the guy. I didn't know who did that part it. of yeah. the story. That's awesome. And I have like a hundred hours in Terraria. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> so yeah. here's a guy who knows how to suck your time away. Yeah, I, I, like I mean, he he obviously honed his uh, platform making skills on. The fan game, and then
0: yeah, went on, went on and said, did
1: did good things with it. Well,
0: but that's kind of one of those cool things where, like, the guy comes out and he's like, "Let's see if I'm good at this," and then, like, obviously, there's massive ground squall groundswell for this like little underground game and he's like well maybe i should actually do this and and make money you yeah, know what i mean because i mean i
2: probably obviously never made a cent off of super mario brothers no. x but the community of behind super brother, Bre- mario brothers x was good like the freedom in mario maker you're kind of limited in what you can do yeah there was much more open in mario x yeah. and i loved like the levels that uh like me and my brother tyler and norm when we'd make them and we'd sort of pass them back and forth they're great i love <laughs> i think those are yeah. like some of my favorite Mario levels ever created.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, to pull it back to Togian Mineral. Um, so uh yeah, the soundtrack on both games is fantastic, super funky. Uh I actually like two better, but I think the the um consensus is that one is actually even better. Uh, but I just prefer two. Um and then yeah, it's a pretty well remembered game. Games Radar uh ranked it at number 10 on their best Sega games of all time, and it made a bunch of other lists as well. And then uh Talking about Kickstarter as we, as we have been, um, Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove is currently in development after having a successful Kickstarter. So, the guy, uh, John Vorsanger, and um, his, uh, I can't remember his cohort's name, but um, basically the two guys that were, you know, basically developed the first two games. Um, so, what happened and ties all into what I was talking about before, but with the game swapping genres is that they had actually developed about half the levels for another full roguelike mm. Toe Jam and Earl. And then the, you know, Sega came in and said, like, I don't think this is the way to go. I think we want to change this. We don't think this will hit. Um, and which uh, the, the president of games development at the time has now come back and said that, like, that was probably a mistake. They probably should have left it as a as a roguelike because it was so well loved. But uh, yeah, they had a Kickstarter and they're going to develop Jam & Earl back in the groove. And all I know is that it's happening. There's really <laughs> no other information out there about it. So you don't know if it's going to be. Oh, it will be, so elements, yeah, it or? is going to be yeah, kind of rogue-like tendencies again. Like they're going to go back to that, and then it's got kind of like this um the style. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like when it's almost like when they do that style where they take like hand drawn stuff and then just like like stick it in the game, like and it looks like it came right off the right off the sheet, and then they it, they almost like animated it like flipbook style and mm. like jammed it in there. So it's a totally new style, new look, and uh, but they're you know they're trying to you know maintain the funky roots and then I think um, it looks like there may be some aspect of like zooming in because the spri- the, it's way bigger than it was in like the first game like the sprites are much more detailed and stuff right. like that so mm-hmm.
2: is it sprite based
0: again Oh well not sprite based but the characters yeah. I yeah. should say the characters on screen uh, are much larger so so yeah if you love ToeJam & uh you can look forward to Back in the Groove coming <laughs> out sometime their, their website is literally like the game was funded look for updates soon and then <laughs> the third thing is this like rap video that they produced with like these two guys who were like they're sitting playing like the classic game and then they like break into this rap about like toe jam and earl and one guy's like a little skinny guy wearing a gold chain and the other is this big fat guy wearing an orange shirt <laughs> so it's so, like a
1: 90s video game commercial yeah totally it's, it's
0: so funny it's like those are the only three things on the page though so it's there's not a lot of information out there but if if uh i'm sure anyone who who loved toe jam and earl has already probably heard of that and kickstarted it so so yeah, that's all I've got I'm, to say. going to keep my eye open for yeah. that For that's back a,
1: in the groove. That's one to watch because, yeah, I mean, back then roguelike was such a niche thing. There were so few. Yeah. Um, but now it's, you know, you go on Steam, you look at early access and Steam Greenlight, and it's so, it's such a huge... Saturated genre. with roguelike. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's become mainstream roguelike. Yeah. 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 Right. It used so, to be
0: kind of almost this underground thing.
1: So it's a, it's a good time for it, I think.
0: I think the procedurally generated thing is a big draw to a lot of people. I can play this game again and again and again. Yep. And have a different outcome, though you know I have to say that
2: that's that's kind of a tough thing too, is because I've played a few roguelikes and procedurally generated stuff, and like something like uh, was it uh, Rogue Legend or whatever it was?
1: Rogue Legacy.
2: Rogue Legacy. Like I liked that one. That one was a lot of fun.
1: I, I almost chose that one for for this episode, <laughs> oh, really? actually. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the level one music's really good. But there's <laughs> other games that are like procedurally
2: generated, uh, and this it's not a true roguelike, but things like Binding of Isaac, which. Yeah, I never I never really got into I almost felt that the uh, the random nature of it
1: broke that game. Yep. Permadeath is the other uh, consistent uh, thing with roguelikes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that is it for uh, for this part of the episode. Now, normally uh, we would go into, uh, in this case, what Norm's been playing Um, or but generally there's only three of us. And then we go through what we've been playing and then we kind of run out of things to talk about by the fourth episode because we've all been through what we're playing and we don't, we're not switching, we're not burning through games that fast. Uh, So for new, for 2016 or 2017 I should say. (laughs) He he wouldn't tell us what it is. It's a secret. It's a big secret thing is we have the new secret game. So what this is going to be Oh shoot, I meant to tell you guys to get paper, but that's okay. (laughs) You don't really need it. You'll be able to think about it and tell me. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play a game and it's going to be basically like a name that tune game.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're, we're, we might modify this game. We might, we might shift it around. This is, this is the first run of it. Uh, but basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you three seconds. Now I knew I had to make this hard. Cause like, <laughs> like Norm and, and Aaron and Jordan are all like, you know, like video game music historians. So it's, I can't, especially with classic stuff, I can't make it too easy. Cause if I make it too easy, <laughs> you're just going to, everyone's going to get hundred percent all the time. So, what we're gonna do? We're playing three seconds of a song, and you get you're gonna get points based on can you name the game first, then can you name the track, like uh like the level or the track uh name or whichever like depends on what it is. This is a
2: contest for us.
0: Yeah, you like you guys do it, you guys do it and tell me, and then you you win every, win or lose every week. You're gonna buy us a game. <laughs> I'll buy you a Jugo juice or something. And then uh, the uh, and then. Uh the third point, and this is much tougher, is depending on the game, is the composer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so it's a so there's gonna be three tracks, maximum of nine points or more, depending on if there's multiple composers. And if you can name all of them, I'll be very impressed. Especially with some of these. (laughs) This this
2: sounds impossible.
0: (laughs) uh, Well no, because you're 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 gonna probably always get the game. Yeah. And then maybe you'll get the track, and then maybe, maybe you'll get the composer. Okay. So so we'll start out first here.
2: You should. Uh, I hope you threw at least one easy one in there. At yeah, least okay, one. we're starting out easy. Okay. I'm going to let
0: you know the the first three here, we're starting out very easy. I don't I'd be shocked if you didn't get all three games. Uh, are we blurting
2: it out or are we just like write it down? Well, and yeah.
0: Like, oh, did we get it right? Kind of yeah. Thing. You know what? We're we'll pause. It. You won't hear this pause, <laughs> but we're going to pause it, get some pen and paper and then we'll come back. All right. So so here we go. So I'm going to have to sync this all up in the edit, but I'm going to play you the first one. So, first three seconds, here we go. (laughs) That's all you get. You get only one listen. There's your first three seconds. They're writing down furiously. So, again, we want the game, we want the track or level, and we want the composer. So, there you go. You guys good? Yeah. I
1: think this song was at my wedding.
0: I right. think I played this at your wedding. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they obviously both know this one. Uh all right. So here is number 2. Game number 2. Ready? Go. 3 seconds there. Again furiously writing down. I love the Oh, this is fun. It's fun for me <laughs> as like the host to see like the concentration on the faces. Yeah, if you can get some composers for that one, I'll be impressed because those are some and then uh, track three. Okay. Ready to go. Ready?
3: Go.
0: Like it. Damn. Really? Yeah. That's okay. You take as much time as you need. There's no, there's no timer or time limit. I don't know. Really? I'm shocked. I thought that one I mean, was, enough, I thought, I Japanese. honestly thought as I was doing this last night, I'm like, oh, this is too easy for Aaron. <laughs> That's funny. I'm surprised. All right. Well, you're gonna f- like. Jeopardy, you're gonna, you're gonna I'm feel just bad gonna about write my dog's name or something. You're gonna Aaron. feel bad about yourself when uh, when I tell you what it was. Probably. Okay. So let's here, I'll add some. So Aaron. And so we'll just make scores. Okay. So the first one. Uh, I guess here, hand me your pages, and then I'll just I'll read it off. i want to read it off. <laughs> you want to read it off? Okay. Uh,
2: I can give myself points.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, the track one is Aaron? It's Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. It's the game. Yeah. And Norm, I assume Super you. Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, I assume, yeah. Okay. So you both got a point there. Uh, and then the track was? The map music. Yeah. It's the overworld map. One first world.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. World one. Yeah. World one. Yes. Yeah. Overworld map of the very first world. Do you it's know the first thing that happens when you push start? For,
0: yeah. for a half point, what's the first world called? What's the first world called? Whoever gets a first gets a half point. I
2: don't know, it's got to be like grasslands or plains or something.
0: That's your final answer.
2: I don't know. <laughs>
0: okay, it's grassland. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, and the composer that, that's good for a quarter of a point at least. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I said points. grass, yeah. I said grass, so I get a point. Uh, Koji Kondo, Koji Kondo, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I figured that was like that was a gimme. All right, so <laughs> no, the second one was a gimme. Well, no, no, not for more components. than Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. All right. So, second game is? It's obviously Punch Out. Punch Out. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the, what, what was the track? The track
2: is the, uh, it's just the training. The... It's the training montage slash password screen. Yeah.
0: yeah. Is that what you had to?
2: Yeah. Training?
1: Yeah. Circuit training theme.
0: Yep, training theme. It's the training theme because it's the one where
2: uh, Doc Lewis rides a bike and you jump Run behind him with him the yep. pink jumpsuit, and exactly. then it's then it's you see
0: the Statue of Liberty and it says the password. <laughs> yeah, I know that song. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know you do. Uh, and then uh, and did you get any composers on that one? No, no, no idea. No. Okay, so Yukio Kanakoa, Akito Nakasuka, and Kenji Yamamoto. No, I wouldn't have. So, <laughs> I think Kenji Yamamoto. We've actually uh, talked about before. His name sounds familiar to me. And then the third one oh i don't know Adam's i got go. nothing i got nothing norm what do you got for me i got castlevania yeah oh two no it's just castlevania <laughs> i knew it was yeah do you okay. know the track the track name play it again all right mm, so i know the tune uh, like yeah you know everyone knows the tune but, right uh, yeah i okay. don't remember the track yeah no it's castlevania that's it why yeah it is wicked child wicked child yeah. So one of the classic Castlevania tunes. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'll make it the closing music so everybody can hear it. Um, but yeah, so so no no points on that. So it's a dead tie. Dead tie. Yeah. Dead tie. You buy, uh, guys both got five. No, he got half point. I got a quarter point. No, I didn't count that because uh, <laughs> you didn't give me a final I said, answer. Hey, I said grass or plains. <laughs> I, I was, I was there. I, hey, I'm the, I'm <laughs> the judge of this game. <laughs> mm. If even if it was a tiny fraction of a point, yeah. But uh, well, Aaron counts himself the winner, but I'm calling <laughs> it a tie. But uh, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's the new game. So every uh, fourth episode uh, of the podcast, we're gonna we're gonna play that game, and it's gonna and and uh, so that gives me a kind of a good feel for where to. Dial it in. Do you guys? Do you think that's okay? Do you think that the that scoring system and that point system works? Yeah, I think. Would you work. would you give would you give yourselves more of the songs? Should I give you more than three seconds or is three no, seconds enough? No, no, I, I think
1: three seconds is enough. Three seconds is good. Yeah.
0: Okay. What you need, or what you could even
1: do
2: is you could do like a, a more familiar game, but do even less of the song.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like Super Mario, I could probably have given you a second, and yeah, you could both have been, would have got it. It could have been
2: the first two notes of yeah. that, and I
0: well, could have got it. And I tried to pick it from like not the first notes because those are always the most recognizable. So if you pull it kind of from the center of the song, sometimes it's a little trickier. So, all right. So we'll keep it that way for now. Uh, If you guys have any suggestions, uh, listeners, if you have any suggestions for songs that I should throw at these guys, uh, classic stuff, they should know, or, or maybe not just random craziness. um, Let me know. And uh, if you, if you have any uh, ideas of how we could change or improve the game, let us know. And the other thing you can do to interact with us is you can win contests. and. This month, uh, you can win, what did we have? We had Sonic Adventure 2, we had Overcooked, and we have Deer God. And to win that game, all you need to do is hop onto Twitter, hit us up at VGM Generations, very easy to remember. If you're looking at the podcast, it's the same name. And uh, and uh, click retweet on any of, one of the three tweets that go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for SoundCloud, iTunes, and the Google Play Store. Uh, and for a bonus entry, leave us that review on Twitter or the comment on SoundCloud. And yeah, so Sonic Adventure Two, Overcooked, dear God, we've all talked about this month. Uh, Overcooked was my personal favorite. I think if you win, you should pick that because it's a great game. Norm played it. Norm played it in my house last time. I did. Time. I like the. He ice enjoyed level. it. Norm. Norm was. Uh, <laughs> Norm, Norm was like. Norm was like an efficient man in the kitchen. He like he knew what
2: to do, and he's like, stop squabbling. You, you've worked in a restaurant before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that You're man, that's, why that's, it, that's a secret advantage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So uh, yeah, that's it for this month. We hope you've enjoyed uh, the level one picks and we'll come at you next month with something new.